This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast, a podcast with a worldwide listenership that explores the broad world of preservation from every angle, from drones to mudlarking and everything in between. Now, let's get preserving. Mulberry History Advisors helps communities protect, understand, and reuse historic sites. Providing National Register nominations, Section 106 advising, preservation planning, and organizational communication services, Mulberry History Advisors assist clients in protecting places that matter. This allows communities to build equity and create a more sustainable future. Mulberry History Advisors is a woman-owned business. Together, we can harness the power of cultural resources. And PreserveCast thanks Mulberry History Advisors for their support of PreserveCast. Join us on this week's PreserveCast as we talk with Catherine Porter, a design director at Waterhouse Wall Hangings. Waterhouse's collection contains new and old wallpaper designs, including some authentic reproductions first used in the early days of the United States. Join us as we explore how wallpaper has changed since it was first brought to the U.S., peeking into Waterhouse's archives and the differences between historic and modern wallpaper and how it all makes the difference in historic homes and your home on this week's PreserveCast. This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast. And today we're excited to be talking with Catherine Porter, Design Director at Waterhouse Wall Hangings. And we're going to talk all about what that means and what this really fascinating company um, does to not only bring back uh, a look of the past, but recreate it and um, give it new life. And so we're going to talk all about that and the work that they do really in the preservation field. But um, before we get there, Catherine, it's fun to have you on today. We love to get to know people. So where'd you grow up and how does one become a design director in historic wallpaper? <laughs> yeah, sure, Nick. Um, I grew up in Amityville, Long Island, New York, um, a nice old town um, in a, a, a pretty old house at Cape with shingle siding. And um, it was a house full of wallpaper. My mother was artistic and she loved flowers and flower painting. And um, that's probably where it started for me. Almost every wall was wallpapered. And um, I studied design, uh, fabric design at Syracuse University. And um, I started my career in New York in a busy textile design studio. We did some wallpaper, um, a lot of fabric mostly. And it was a great place to learn. So uh, that's that's where I started. And how do you make your way from New York to, you were saying, I think, northeastern Ohio doing historic wallpaper design? What's the pathway there? Well, for, for many years, uh, I worked for many different companies in, um, in the textile industry and wall covering. Um, I married a guy from this part of the world, and we wanted to live a more rural life than what we were living in New York City. And um, so we've made this place our home, Chardon, Ohio. And how did you get hooked up with Waterhouse? Well, um, I've been with Waterhouse about uh, six years. And um, I can't remember. It was a connection through somebody, some networking connection. And I started doing some digital work for them, artwork. And um Talking with Lance Hoped, who's the the principal at Waterhouse, he 
uh, gave me an opportunity to revive the Thomas Strawn collection, which is under the Waterhouse umbrella. So I um, was able to delve into the archives, which I love, and they have a fabulous archive, um, and bring back a lot of these beautiful old, old patterns and make them available to um, to designers and historic preservationists today. So maybe give people who aren't familiar a little sense for like what Waterhouse does, where they are in the industry, you know, the scale and scope of the work. And then then maybe we can dive into sort of historic wallpaper and what you do in design and uh, the value of it, and where it gets deployed and all that kind of stuff. But um, just briefly, kind of like what is Waterhouse in terms of this kind of firm? Well, Waterhouse uh, is a very old name in the wallpaper industry. Um, it was founded by a woman, uh, Dorothy Waterhouse, uh, in the 1940s, I believe. And uh, she <clears throat> was a woman who took a great interest in old houses. She lived on Cape Cod and she um, started a collection of even then antique wallpaper, wallpapers from the 19th century and even earlier. And uh, then she got into reproducing them and she began this uh, Waterhouse brand, Waterhouse wall hangings. And um, and today, is it one of the larger or the largest sort of reproducers of of truly historic wallpaper out there? I mean, there's a lot of wallpaper companies, but um, it seems to me like you're kind of one of the big players in the historic wallpaper. Yeah, we we definitely focus on um, historic reproductions, definitely, among many other things. But um, we have such a vast archive and a variety of styles and periods that a lot of people come to us, a lot of house museums and even individual homeowners that are looking for specific wallpapers. So, yeah, I'd say there's a handful of companies that do historic reproduction and um yeah, we're 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 one of the players there. We we're proud to be. So you talked a little bit about the wallpaper collection. Um, maybe taking a step back before we even get into the collection, for people who aren't familiar, haven't done wallpapering, it seems like wallpaper goes through like period, like renaissance every once in a while. Like it gets really hot. Everybody wants to wallpaper, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god, my mom wallpapered. I hate wallpaper." And then everybody forgets about it, and we do wallpaper again. But I feel like we're kind of in a pro wallpaper um, moment again. I feel like it's kind of having a little bit of a renaissance. So maybe talk to us about like how far back does this sort of style go, and how far back do the designs in your collection go, and the stuff that you can reproduce. Wow. Well, um, probably some of the oldest things in our collection were from the Thomas Strawn Company, which was a, a Massachusetts manufacturer, a, first an importer and then a manufacturer. Um, Tom, there was a Thomas Strawn. He was a businessman and a, a local politician, and he loved the artistry in wallpaper. And he started importing papers from England and France. Um, probably mostly England. It was England before the revolution, but he started in 1866. And so he was interested in reproducing wallpaper at that time. So many of the papers he collected, found, and started to reproduce were even from the late 1700s, um, which is the very earliest time wallpaper appeared uh, in this country. Well, maybe the early 1700s, but you know, just a little bit of it then. So probably the best and oldest 
um, designs we have in the collection are were originally collected by Thomas Strawn. And so you guys, what is the process of taking something from the collection and turning it into a reproduction wallpaper? Because it's not just scanning it and reprinting it. Talk to us about how it goes from cool scrap of wallpaper in the collection to we're going to actually turn this into something that people can put on their their wall. So talk to us through the design part and then maybe we'll get to production too. So that's really my department, <laughs> what you just described. And um, <clears throat> yeah, we take a, a sample of wallpaper, a full repeat, and we scan it. We have a nice, beautiful, high-quality scanner. We scan it all in one piece. And um, and then we work on it digitally. Often these old papers are torn, even if they've never been on a wall. Uh, they're, they're so old, over 100 years old, faded, um, ripped, stained maybe. And sometimes we we have several pieces that we need to stitch together. Sometimes pieces are missing that we have to sort of recreate so we we really do all this work digitally and we we try to preserve a lot of the integrity of the original printing method um sometimes there are these you know little things are a little out of fit or there's this squishy spongy thing that happened with rotary screen printing and um we we work we work out a digital uh file uh that has a good match and a join and then it's ready for striking off. And we we separate the colors as well, so we can adjust one color at a time. And there's a process of printing and checking and reprinting the strike off process to get the color where we want it. Now, does Waterhouse print it themselves? Do you have a, a production facility where you actually do this? Or do you farm that out? How does the actual production piece work? Yes, Waterhouse is um, is located in New York, in Long Island, actually. And uh, there's a warehouse, and that is where the printers are located. And uh, that is where it all happens. So um, they're printed domestically, and uh, these are very high-quality digital printers. They just do a beautiful job. And um, it's a very eco-friendly process compared to the way Wallpaper was manufactured years ago, so we're proud of that. And what is the process? How are they actually printed? Is this are they hand blocked? Are they printed on big printing machines? How does the actually? And then what are they printed on? Is there a variety of different papers, and how do you select those? Yeah, well, well, our main um, what happens at the Waterhouse Warehouse is digital printing. Um, we do sometimes uh, work with screen printers if a particular museum would like a it, for example if a museum wants a gold metallic ink we we cannot achieve that digitally so that can be done screen printed and there are facilities that still screen print wallpaper um we have a, a we have several different papers to choose from uh from very plain matte paper to a a, a paper with mica in it so it's a little shiny and a rough paper uh, yeah, so it, it sort of depends on what the client wants, what the design uh, sort of calls for. Talk to us about um, the process of doing the research around recreating the wallpaper. So um, if somebody comes to you, uh, a museum comes to you, they don't know what wallpaper actually was on their wall. 
but they know the time period and they know, you know, you know, the space. Do you guys go out and sort of ground truth that? Do you, if somebody's listening and they have a need for that in their space or they're just listening and they have a historic home and they want to do this, how does that process, how does the research process work on, on your guys' end? Yeah, we, it's, it's a little difficult to pinpoint wallpaper to exact decades because there, there really were not a lot of good records kept. So you sort of have to think about it artistically and what styles were popular in which decade or era. And often a, a museum already has in mind how they're sort of at what point in time they're restoring this particular room. Um, it may not be the original colonial look. Maybe it's a, a late uh, 19th century Victorian look. So we you know, we can offer them some things from our archive that fit with that period that they're trying to um, match and recreate. So what's the what's the trend right now when it comes to wallpaper? I mean, obviously, historic rehab and preservation is always going to be a component of your work. But I'm curious, um, you know, how much of the sales go to just people who want beautiful things in their homes? And what seems to be sort of like the leaders when it comes to that kind of stuff? What time period, what what look are you seeing? Is there something sort of hot right now that people really like? Waterhouse has a, a showroom line of, of wallpapers and fabrics. We're actually um, in the process of uh, doing some fabric production of our wallpaper patterns. So uh, wallpaper is having a renaissance. It's It's quite popular right now. Um, it's hard to pinpoint any particular style. Um, murals are having a, a bit of a comeback. Wall murals, uh, scenic murals. We're in the process of, um, you know, we actually have three installations going on right now with, with full panel murals. So, you know, right down to small patterns, little um, small geometrics. Uh, florals are always popular. It's just people are wallpapering the ceiling. They're well, people are wanting fabric that coordinates with the wallpaper. It's really having a moment, so it's exciting. I know that some people do. So the way that the wallpaper gets actually adhered, um, I know that you do. You have the traditional stuff with actually paste and all that kind of thing. Do you also dabble in sort of the the peel and stick wallpapers yet, or is that is that coming? I know that that's. It's sort of low barrier for some people, um, but I'm just curious if that's on the horizon. Yeah, not not for us. We're we're kind of traditionalists, and um, we don't have the equipment to get into peel and stick wallpaper. I, I think it's a great idea and a great option for people who are in a place temporarily or like to change things up a lot. Um, but our paper is very uh, traditional, and it's adhered with a clear wallpaper, water-based paste, you know, probably, uh, you know, uh, a basic, you know, modern technology wallpaper paste. But, you know, that that's the way we recommend doing it. Well, let's take a quick break, come back, and then um, we'll talk about um, some projects you've worked on, what you're working on now, and um, some favorites and things like that. And we'll do that right here on PreserveCast. Historic preservation can't happen without skilled tradespeople to perform the work and there's a critical need right now for those tradespeople. The Campaign for Historic Trades, powered by Preservation Maryland, is working to meet that need 
by strengthening apprenticeship opportunities within historic trades. In partnership with the National Park Service's Historic Preservation Training Center and Conservation Legacy, the campaign is currently recruiting for NPS Traditional Trades Apprenticeship Program, or TTAP. TTAP is an intensive 20-week apprenticeship that provides young adults the chance to learn historic trade skills while working on America's most iconic historic sites. Multiple positions are open for the 2022 season at national parks across the country. Visit historictrades.org for more information on TTAP and how to apply today. This is Nick Redding. You're listening to PreserveCast. We're excited to be joined by Catherine Porter, the project designer director at Waterhouse Wall Hangings. We've been talking all about how historic wallpaper works and sort of this renaissance that is, is happening right now in wallpaper and the work that they do to convert an archive collection into things that hang on people's walls and the walls of museums and, and some of the most famous, beautiful places across the country. Um, I'm curious, you know, You've worked on a lot of different projects, a lot of different house museums, a lot of different clients. Do you have a favorite project that you work on or one that like really stands out? And then maybe I'll ask you if you have a favorite um, design or, or we'll, we'll get into that. And we can put, put some links in the show notes if you have one because this is an audio medium and, and wallpaper is inherently a visual medium. So we'll try and share some stuff and, of course, a link to the Waterhouse website. But I'm curious about like big projects that you worked on or anything that really stands out that you're like, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, the, the biggest one that stands out and uh, jump, jumps to mind right away is um, the Longyear Museum in um, Massachusetts and Boston. And um, we completed this project a year or year and a half ago. And uh, this is a mansion. Uh, it was the home and workplace of for Mary Baker Eddy, who founded the Christian Science Religion. And um, so the museum is dedicated to her life and work. And the museum was decorated in the early 1900s. Uh, so we were there. We, there did a complete restoration of the museum, top to bottom, and they wanted all the authentic. They wanted the wallpapers to look exactly as they did in 1910. And um, we handled the project, and we completed 20 different wallpaper patterns for 20 different rooms, very, very closely. Um, close replicas of the original, I have to say. We had lots of different levels of evidence uh, in these rooms. Some, the worst evidence would be only a black and white photograph of the room, but we did our very best to uh, to come up with that wallpaper. So that was a and great so that project. that was a pretty big project. Are there other high-profile museums people would be familiar with that, and maybe we can put a link in the notes to see what that looks like now, but other ones that you've worked on or are there places, buildings in America that people would know if they if they visit, you'll be like, that's a waterhouse building there that is adorns the walls is the, you know, is the White House, the, the Red Room or something that we should know about? Well, Thomas Strawn did sell wallpaper to Jackie Kennedy when she redecorated the White House in the early 60s. But I'm sure that is long gone. <laughs> but there are many um, museums in New England Waterhouse has a long tradition of this kind of historic reproduction that really predates myself and and even Lance, the owner. Um, the Paul Revere Society in Boston, um, the Jeremiah Lee Mansion in Marblehead, Longfellow House, Biltmore, Historic Deerfield, um, many of these places, Beauport Museum. Um, 
in my tenure with Waterhouse, I have worked on um, some papers for the Hancock Shaker Village in mm. Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Pittsfield, I believe. Um, beautiful place, beautiful campus. And uh, we did three patterns for them. Uh, uh, the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, in, which is in Hartford. Um, yeah, and we've done some national historic properties. And um, and we have a few, but well, at least four going on now, some interesting house museums. So quite a so bit. I'm curious, people are, are listening so they can't see your background, a beautiful background of beautiful books and shelves and things like that. I'm looking at one wall. I don't see wallpaper on it. I'm a little concerned. Um, do, do you have wallpaper in your house, Catherine? Well, that's a, that's a, you you kind of got me there. I um you know if you speak to designers, surface pattern designers, many of us don't have wallpaper and patterns because you sort of need a rest at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I, my studio has uh, things all over the walls that I'm working on. I do have wallpaper in my laundry room, which I love. It's our t our town and country pattern. So I, maybe I'm getting there. Maybe I'm uh, I'm going to expand. It's <laughs> funny. So you've you've talked a little bit about you got projects going on right now. Um, and do you have? I mean, of all the ones that you design, if we were going to link one in here, do you have a favorite design or a favorite wallpaper that we should link people to so they can kind of get a sense for your design flavor? Yes, I do, and I'd have to say it's New England floral. Uh, which was used in the, um, it was used in a television. We also provide wallpaper for television and film productions. And this was used in the um, Dickinson uh, show on Apple TV, which is a, a, was a show, a three season show about Emily Dickinson and the set uh, decorator, this New England floral, it caught her eye and she put it in Emily's bedroom and this is Marina Parker. And it's a it's just it got a lot of airtime. Uh, Emily did her writing in her bedroom and it's just a lovely wallpaper. It was a perfect choice. And it's New England floral and it's just become one of my favorites. All right. Well, you've sold you've sold me on that. We're going to take a look at it and maybe we can uh, make that the uh, the background of your image or something. We'll put you superimpose you over New England floral. We'll take a look for it. Um, and and, and uh, viewers of uh, Dickinson can take a look for that as well. So before we go, we ask everyone It normally makes folks that we talk to squirm a little bit. Do you have a favorite historic place or site? You know, um, I I. I I have a bucket list of visiting these historic sites, but they're so spread out and all over the place. I haven't, I have to say, I, I love the Hancock Shaker Village just because it's such a lovely, um, it's a lovely visit. Uh, and I, I saw it before the wallpaper was installed to do some research and evident, you know, collect evidence about the old papers. And I need to go back and see the installation. So, yeah. Well, that is a that's a wonderful way to end the conversation. We'll have links in here. I mean, this kind of just whets people as appetite. And as we said, we're talking and, and one of the best things about wallpaper is looking. So we'll have a link to the website in the show notes so people can jump on, take a look. It's not just for historic house museums. If people want to buy a little bit and put it up in their house, they can do that. Um, and, you know, you can make your house look like a 
Greek Revival, um, you know, uh, parlor, or you can make your house look like Emily Dickinson's uh, bedroom. It's up to you. Um, but it's been so much fun talking to you. Love seeing what you guys do. You're super active on social media, so people can follow you, particularly on Instagram. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing your designs out in the field sometime soon. Thanks so much, Catherine. Thank you, Nick. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's story, head over to PreserveCast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes. Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening and keep on preserving.